Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old for This, here on the Nerd Eternal Network. I'm your host, the experience of some called Jason, and with me is... CDL113, the droid you're looking for. Token Line Stepper, Tarky. <laughs> and the Todd Father, live from the gazebo of doom. And today we're going to do a simple one, we're just going to go over our favorite Marvel villains. A while back we had done, you know, Marvel Heroes, so this would be a nice little companion piece for that. Uh, you want to, Did you remember the guy that asked for this? Because this is actually a request. Oh, yeah, it is. An honorary request. Who knew that we did such things? I don't know. I think we slipped it. Next thing you know, we'd be pleasing. We'll get fans and start to please them. Horror. <laughs> We're here to subvert your damn expectations. <sighs> kind of like Microsoft when you show. type in YouTube and it takes you to Bing instead. All right. <laughs> it, it's your computer. It just doesn't like you today, Jason. No, the Microsoft uh, browser does that just all the time. I don't know what's going on with it. <laughs> it's like the updated new version. His computer's gained sentience. Tired of going to porn sites, damn it. From now on, I don't trust nothing you type in here. You want coffee? All right, I'm going to send you over here to Motorola. They're both liquid. That's, that's that's more the equivalent of what it's doing. Let's go to, well, I want to go to YouTube. Bing it is. <laughs> it's the same, except for what's different. He goes and types in his porn and takes him to a religious site. <laughs> <laughs> Pornhub. <For> love? <laughs> Pornhub.com. <laughs> you get a thing. You need Jesus in your life. <laughs> it's like his grandma's took over control of his computer. <laughs> I'm not sure either of my grandmothers have touched a computer. See, that's totally me if I start haunting your ass. Hey, you want to go to Pornhub, do you? I send you to some some senior center site with pictures of grandmothers. Yeah, have fun with that shit. <laughs> you know, until you, start, until you start actually wanting to go there. Okay, the I finally got to the site. This was a request. I won't, I won't say his full name because it's... Uh... Because, you know, weirdly on YouTube, he's using his real name. <laughs> hey, we get, a, we get a lot of people with use fake names, which, you know, I, I mostly do. But yeah, a fellow named Brett requested that we do a villain one. After he so, watched Brett, our, this is uh, for you. After he watched our uh, Hero Ones a uh, couple days ago, uh, not a couple days ago, like a week or so ago. So, shout this, out to Brett. This may be the first one we've done as a request. I think it is. Have we got any other requests? Uh, somebody, oh no, no, somebody had suggested, had asked why we hadn't done one on RPGs in a while, and we did one on, on oh, something yeah. RPG yeah. related shortly after that. Yeah, but apparently you didn't like that guy enough to shout him out. So, Britt, again, you're special. You didn't suggest me shouting him out, so I never thought about it. Well, see, you should think of that on your own. <laughs> Look, man, yeah. I run everything as it is. This is true. Shout out to Jason. All right, so anyway... 
Vill uh, Marvel villains. Danny, start us off. Who have you got? Uh, for a Marvel villain, I'm going to have to go with Taskmaster. Um, character was created by David McElhaney, I think is how you say his last name, and George Perez. Um, first appearance was Mar uh, the Avengers uh, 195. Guy shows up and kicking the butt of the Avengers by himself. You know, I mean, you, you got to give him props for that. I just like when he appears, you know, it's like, he ain't out to just kill you for no reason. He's nine times out of ten getting paid. And he's most of the time, he's not out to kill you at all. You know, yeah. Taskmaster is where everybody, where all the supervillains get their flunkies from. Yeah, he he runs his uh, school of, of teaching folks how to, you know, flunk, you know, be a flunky, like you say, he may he, he's more interested in the dollar bill than he is, you know, anything else. But I, I just like the the books that he shows up in because you know, at some point he's going to have some line that you weren't, you know, he's going to say or do something you weren't expecting. It's like, okay, I was not expecting you to say that, but you know, he was fun in the Deadpool book and the Agent X book. Yeah. I remember being a lot of fun in there. And other than that, I, I like the two times that he basically, uh, let's see, because when Tony Stark was running kind of everything in the aftermath of the Civil War, he had Taskmaster hired as one of the trainers. Yeah. Yep, for the superhero school. That when and you had, uh, uh, was it KIA? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. made up going, when you realize. KIA seemed to have particular targets. He's like, yeah, what do you think of me? You know, not a target. Oh, well, he was done fighting. Yep. You ain't come after me, I'm done. Yeah. He, he was it's working for, the other one was when he was working for Nazi Cap, and they were guarding a bunch of prisoners, a bunch of young prisoners, that maybe even some of the ones he trained, I can't remember for sure. Uh, and they hear thunder in the distance. You know, Thor basically has swapped sides, and they hear thunder in the distance. And whoever he's standing there with is like, what's that? That's the sound of us losing. And he turns around and makes a deal with those kids. Hey, if we let you out, will you do this and that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Taskmaster is real, real no, really known for like, is, is this going to hurt me? No. Well, then I'm out. Which makes him sound like a, a kind of a milksop, but he really ain't if he decides to go after you. Yeah, and, and the trick is he realizes he realizes his limitation. Yeah. He has photographic reflexes, so if you kind of know maybe even light super soldier, Captain America, Black Panther, somewhere in there, he can kind of fight you. Yeah, he ain't going toe-to-toe -to -toe with a god. No. You know, it's, oh, look, he's going through superpower people like a hot knife through butter. Not, not unless yeah, he's got some beyond. specific gimmick or, you know... Some yeah. plot-specific gimmick that he can use to neutralize him. Yeah, the uh, uh, you you mentioned it when he was in the Deadpool books and the Agent X books. You know, I would like mm -hmm. I liked it when you know like he would put on a T-shirt like of Iron Fist or a T-shirt of uh, Wolverine, and he would fight Agent X with only that power set. You know, that fighting technique, mm -hmm. and it was just like, okay, that's cool, and you know. He's like, you were cheating. No, I wasn't. I only used, you know, the physical abilities of this character. 
and you know, <laughs> Agent X would be laying there in a, in a heap, like, Argh! and he, he would only have like a slight tear in his shirt or something. It's like, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> you, you know, he's you had all that from the perspective of Agent X's diary entries. Because I think the yeah. Wolverine one, I think he cut off the foot, foot grew back, yay, foot. <laughs> I think he decided to start hiding either the Wolverine or the Electra shirt. Yeah, it was one of the shirts that, that yeah, he, he, he snuck in and, and wrecked it. Yeah, and his di- yeah, and the diary's like, yeah, got rid of this shirt today. Yep. But you know, he's also the one that trained uh, John Walker. Yeah. He's the new Captain America. They brought him in to basically give, to train him in a Steve Rogers fighting style to teach him how to throw the shield and all that. Yeah, that was all Taskmaster. Yeah. Because they tried Hawkeye, and Hawkeye no, was just... No, no, it was literally just Taskmaster. They never... That was the thing with the Commission on Superhuman Activities. They never That's went right. to another hero to do squat. They went to a villain and went, hey, we'll pay you to teach our new Captain America how to be Captain America. That's right. That, I, that, was, I was that, was also, Hawkeye. that was also your first hint that maybe they were shady. Hawkeye was the one that was working with, uh, oh, what was the black kid that uh, got the superpowers because it was in his family line, the truth? Oh, Patriot. yeah, you talking about Patriot. Yeah, you talking about Patriot. Yeah, that's who I was thinking Hawkeye helped. Yeah, that, that was, I think, after Tony had tried to get Hawkeye to replace Cap for a minute there. Yeah. Yeah, he had, because that was, that was his first idea to, to, to replace Cap was Clint. And Clint was like, yeah, I don't think so. I'm double-crossing you. Well, not double-crossing as much as I'm not going to do what you want. I think you're a villain. But uh, w- one of the things I liked about Taskmaster, you know, I didn't read uh, 195, Avengers 195 first because I didn't own it at the time. My first thing was, uh, I can't remember what book it was in, but Taskmaster had been hired to do a job, and he was sitting there waiting on his target, thinking back to like when he realized he had powers. It showed him as a little kid watching the uh, uh, Olympics, and he was watching folks do high dives. And he had been at the pool the day before, and, and kids were making fun of him because he, you know, wouldn't get out in the water too deep. And so he climbs up on the thing and does a perfect, you know, Olympic high dive, but he can't swim. And so they have to drag him out. So that he goes back and watches the Olympics and watches them swim, and that's how he learns how to swim. When was it that they that they revealed that he had a he basically had a he had a weakness with his power? I remember that, but I don't remember when. Because I uh, the first time I encountered it was the Young Avengers book. Because you know one of the uh, you had a girl on that team. That uh, also had photographic reflexes that they're pretty sure was probably his kid. But he just flat out tells her, I don't know. I can't remember big chunks of my life. Because the photographic reflexes eats yeah. up his memory. Eats up his memory. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah. They, I was sitting here looking at the thing and he calls it declarative memory loss. But, I, you know, I don't know if that, if that book was when they introduced that. Pretty sure it is. Or if it had been around prior to that because, you know. Because that was the thing, was Taskmaster would show up in books, but you didn't really have a hell of a lot of backstory. Or nothing. You, mm-hmm. you, they kind of let you know what he was. They made you, They let you know that, yeah, he's going to be real rough to fight, especially if he's seen you fight or fought you before. He can kind of predict your moves, which makes him 
pretty rough. But yeah, that and the uh, you remember when he did the where when Udon did the miniseries where you find out that like he watches kung fu movies on double fast, speed on double speed. All of a sudden, he could move like that. That for me, that was kind of cool. Well, he could well, move like that for a little bit. It tuckered him out fast. Yeah, it yeah. tuckered him out, but it, the the whole point that he was doing it at all makes it kind of stupid. They were trying to turn it into an actual superpower when it, when it when it's one yeah. of those things. It's kind of that. It's kind of like Hawkeye's vision and aim. It's just kind of one of them borderline. Yeah. Or maybe Bullseye. He, but he's either a mutant or a mutate. No, <clears throat> no, he's like Bullseye. He's he's just got a he's got a he's got a skill. It may be more well, like he's does. a. Uh, well, uh, he's he's also prodigy. juiced with a serum. Is he juiced with a serum? Yeah, he's juiced with the Nazi version of the Super Soldier Serum. Okay, okay. That I didn't know. Well, I'm it makes sure. sense that he'd hunted something like that down. Because he he had the memory before. Yeah. Uh... But after hitting, getting hit with the serum is when he started having problems with his memory, if I recall. Uh, he, Taskmaster injected himself with SS Humpstruffer Horse Goss Primer, an elaborate modification, and uh, adrenal steroid designed to unlock the mind's procedural memory. Yeah, so his mind got messed up after he juiced himself up with... Okay, so he, he had, a, the, a he had form something of, of the ability... Soldier. And then he took something to juice it up, and okay. Yeah. And it screwed him up. Okay. So, yeah. So don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. That's also part of where he's, like, able to do physical activities at kind of double time and shit, is because he is super soldier. Level. That makes oh, a little more sense. Then. Okay. Oh, all right. Or he's, yeah. he's, he's vaguely like, in that I like, realm. I like, I like Jason's. Don't do drugs, kids. Unless you turn yeah. up like Captain America, and in which case, do the motherfucker. <laughs> I always love anti-drug PSAs with Captain America. Yeah, they, they crack me up, too. Like, Don't do okay. drugs, kids. Motherfucker, ain't that how you got every power you got? All right, let's move on. Taylor, who you got? So, uh, I may have misunderstood the prompt because you typed in, and I quote, I guess we could do the villain one. So I went and grabbed my favorite villain. <laughs> Luckily, due to the magnanimous nature of this podcast, you have allowed it me to keep it because he technically connects to Marvel via Marvel versus Capcom, and I appreciate that. I picked Sigma from the Mega Man X series. So, I'm not sure if Danny or Todd have played anything from Mega Man, the Mega Man X series. Nope. But like I said, I, I only know I know Sigma from this last Marvel v. Capcom because they mer- they merged him with Ultron. Yeah. Danny, have you played anything of it? No. Okay. Um, I'm going to just throw some quick information to set up. Uh, there are humans and there are reploids. Reploids are... It's a play on the word of replica and android. Mm-hmm. But reploid is basically self-aware self-aware robot people they are all based off of this one robot x sigma is uh but occasionally reploids on let me finish out the story 
Reploids will do something called going maverick, which is kind of like going insane due to a something called the maverick virus. Okay. So, you know, it's a it's a almost breathable kind of contracted computer virus that Reploids can get. Sigma is the considered the best best Reploid period. Like one of the top tier Reploids ever made by human hands. And he's also the commander of the Maverick Hunters, which are Reploids that hunt Mavericks. He gets a call in while he's, you know, doing his job of a red Maverick that's just ripping people apart. You know, no one knows, like, there's no identification for it. No one knows where the thing came from. He goes to fight it. And basically, that is one of the heroes you see in the early games, Zero. Who infects him with basically the original Maverick virus, which contorts him into something that becomes the Sigma virus. Because Sigma was more complicated than other Reploids. The virus had to adapt in a bunch of different ways to actually infect him and made a better virus. Gotcha. And Sigma became twisted, but not so utterly insane like other Mavericks that just went wild. And then he started infecting, you know, he started being able to exhibit control over Mavericks. So the Mavericks went from this wild pack kind of thing into a unified force. It almost sounds like they started off with the plot from Bubblegum Crisis. Have you ever seen that anime? I have not, and I'm not sure what year it came out. <clears throat> There's an anime you haven't seen? Somebody! There's a lot of animes I haven't seen. There's a lot Before of Before his time. It was for his time. Yeah, he'd been but you had, the robots would go nuts like that, and they would just be kind of crazy. Hmm. And then it sounds like Sigma's kind of a step above that. But... In X1, you don't know anything about that other than Sigma went Maverick and Zero, another big Maverick Hunter at the time, is helping you X, the newest, you know, a new Maverick Hunter, kind of, you're having to help Zero fight Sigma, who's united all these Mavericks together somehow. And, you know, you burn through him, you beat him in the first game, and at the end of the game... Yeah, you get basically a radio message from Sigma going, yeah, don't worry, kid, I'll be back. And you're like, what? I just, I literally just destroyed you in like three different, like, I broke you down to where you were just a head that attached to a giant robot and I beat the giant robot. How are you not dead? And the second game picks up in like the dead middle of, I believe they call it the Maverick War. Because just like, the, the fight never stopped. They kept being unified, and they kept being, like, commanded properly. So the Maverick Hunters are just, you know, continuing to have to desperately throw their best people at this problem. And then Sigma pops up, you know, again, but with, you know, more weapons, and... You know, he declares he knows Zero's secret, and at this point in time, you don't know what that means. But, you, you know, you beat him again... He shows up in three, and at this point, he's, like, commending X. Because he, you know, he says X is going to be the best Reploid. He knows this. That's why he wants he wants X to turn Maverick. 
but it just keeps not happening. <laughs> to the point where Sigma has made, like, physical versions of the virus to just march at X, period. Just go for it. Just gun at him. And it just hasn't worked out. You beat him again. He shows up. Except this time, the Reploid, you come to X4, where humankind is kind of starting to be on the back end of things. Like, there's just a little less people and a little more Reploids. To the point there is an entire army called Repliforce, which is, you know, a pure Reploid army, navy, air force unit. But their com their commander in chief has been manipulated by Sigma in the background. <clears throat> so you go, you know, most of the game being like, "Oh yeah, Repliforce is helping us. Repliforce is helping us," and then suddenly the entirety of you know an army suddenly just flips sides on you. You go, "Ooh, we're in trouble again." And he just keeps you know coming up with these plans. And out of these the eight Mega Man X games. He's only not the main boss in one of them. But it's fun because, like, every game he's getting tougher and tougher and tougher. In X5, he talks about how he's met a human scientist that's helping build him a better body. And, like, you get hints that you may know who it is, but you never get told exactly. And then comes my favorite part of X5, he drops a space station on Earth. So like most of most of the most of the most of the top of Earth is messed up. Humans have gone underground. X six is three weeks after X five. Like usually it's like a year has passed or three years has passed. X six is three weeks past and then suddenly Sigma's back and doing crap again. <laughs> It's just like, humanity does not get a rest from Sigma doing crap. Merging him with Ultron made sense then. Yeah. And it, and it sounds like he's done like Ultron, he's got places yeah. set up to rebuild him. Yep. Well, the funny thing is, in X6, it's a reploid scientist who just got spurned and hates humans. Yeah, he slapdashed a Sigma together and threw the Sigma virus in it. Because in X6, Sigma can't speak properly. He's just a messed up amalgam of things. Uh. You know, it was just someone decided I need to have Sigma be the face of whatever's happening and and put, into, and put together a Sigma. So it was more of just a puppet at that point. Yeah, as far as, like, story-wise, yeah, he was more or less just a puppet. But he was still the final boss. Jason Voorhees from uh, Friday the 13th was a part five. Remember, that was the one that was not actually Jason. Oh, okay. Well, the first one, too. And then in seven, we get to the worst game, but... Story-wise, it was kind of neat, where you get a new Maverick Hunter, Axel, who's part of a new generation, or a part of, he's a prototype for a new generation of Reploids, where he can kind of copy the form of other Reploids, along with their abilities and attributes. 
and Sigma is real big into trying to capture Axel and it doesn't work out for him but you can kind of see what he wanted was a body that could keep changing but he didn't he wasn't able to get it because X and Zero fight him off but it's just I just enjoy him of just he just keeps coming back and keeps making plans and if you just if you just like read it you know, point A to point B to point C, he, he's winning. Despite the fact he gets killed every time, he's getting his job done. The thing he wants to do is happening. What is Reploids it are taking. Well, basically, he just wants to... He wants Reploids to take over. And he wants him to be in charge of it. And he wants, he wants X and Zero to realize they're better than everyone else. Period. As kind of a secondary thing. He also hates them and kind of wants to kill them by the end of it. But early on, he's like, yeah, you two are the best. You know, I'm better than you, but other than me, you two are the best. So amongst but, you know, boys, he's almost got an apocalypse attitude. You're opposing me, but you are the fittest. Yeah. But like, as... Just as, like, an excerpt from his history, it's, you know, the virus adapted to being the Sigma virus, which allowed him to manipulate and control Reploids, bending them to his will. After this, he began to feel that humanity was keeping Reploid potential down and decided to revolt against humanity. You know, he, he realized, we are a people. Yeah, we're the next people. We need to go ahead and get humans out of the way. Which he's slowly doing. Which he's slowly doing, and then it comes to Mega Man X8. Which is... Let me see if I can find a quick excerpt to... Yeah. Sigma instigated a new Maverick Revolt with the new generation of Reploids, because the new generation Reploids have the advanced copy abilities. Except, by accident, or kind of by coincidence, they realized... Yeah, the best the best program to use to survive stuff is the Sigma program. It can survive basically anything. Which results in the best cutscene in the Mega Man X series in my eyes. There's a space elevator being built and there's an accident on it. Where a bunch of Reploids might be hurt and X is going to respond to it. And he sees out of the flaming wreckage of the elevator, seven or eight Sigmas walking out. You know, this guy that has attempted to murder X numerous times. You know, if there's a version of Reploid PTSD, X has probably got it for this guy, and he sees eight of them marching out. And then they turn back into their regular forms, because they just had to survive the elevator drop. But it's just that scene of, of X realizing... Oh, these new generations are going to go Maverick super fast, and he's trying to scramble for an idea. Once so, he sees that. So they can upgrade all this stuff, but they can't upgrade their antivirus. Right. Well, there has been antiviruses for Sigma throughout the series that have worked. And then Sigma adapts to it because Sigma's better than them. Because they like, Sigma stop advancing after they built Sigma? Well, no, Sigma keeps advancing himself faster. Oh, okay. He was built by the most genius human, 
And by proxy, he's the most genius Reploid. So he's he's kind of just... You know, uh, he believes X to be maybe better than his old forms because he's based off X. But other than that, you know, he keeps devising new forms. But in 8... In 8 is the only one he's not the final boss. Because you beat him and you're like, okay, I've beaten the final boss. And then the Reploid that was designing the space elevator comes out and, yeah, takes the last chunk of Sigma as it screams for it, you know, as it begs for its life, crushes it, and fights you. Uh, so maybe he's finally dead after that. Right. Well, like, in 6, he was super corrupted and messed up. In 7, he seemed clean. And then 8, it seemed like another kind of messed up one of him. It just seemed like the Sigma virus got transferred by accident. Just from, you know, the coincidence of Reploid saying, eh, this is the best one to use. Okay. And then they used him in Marvel Capcom, and to segue this into comics even further, I think he was in the, uh, uh, we were discussing it before, before we started recording that. Archie, Archie comics have done some, yeah. <clears throat> Alright, well, that's, I was aware of Sigma because I played the first Mega Man X. Hmm. But I had not kept up with the game series very closely so i had to look him up when you i looked him up while you were talking i've seen art for him on deviant art but i you know oh it's just a video game character that's all i knew him from. yeah this ain't a naked smurf next yeah my <laughs> thing has just been like you know his test piece like, i think a buzz lightyear be fair he is older than buzz lightyear mm, yeah that's true because the x ones go back to super nintendo at least yeah they should sue. And also, thing. like, of all his forms, I think you're probably just looking at the the OG one, or Sigma Two, where he's got the uh, the green chest, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was green and white with the little red dot, and the cape, and the big collar. Yeah. You know, in, in X Two, it's mostly a yellow chest. In X Three, he's wild and has tendrils on his back x4 he's like in a grim reaper costume and then some crazy forms <clears throat> alrighty well let's see I guess that leaves just my character uh... fuck you Todd <laughs> you don't get to speak uh, oh okay that's right I jumped uh I have, I have everybody on a list, but apparently I was jumping around on my list. All right, we'll go with Todd, then. Who have we got, sucks. Todd? Thanos of Titan, but not the shitty, weak, weird, uh, eco-friendly MCU version, but the one from the comics that's booed up with death, a.k.a. the good one. You have a comic book one that's a lot stouter and more evil. Yeah, yeah. And less prone to contradiction, maybe. Well, yeah, he's he's fairly single-minded. Thanos in the comics is one of those kind of neat characters. Him and him and Adam Warlock because they're kind of they are part of the universe, but like the other cosmic beings, look at them as something kind of apart from everybody else. So anytime there's some kind of big, kind of like universal shift, 
it's kind of like either either Thanos or Adam or both always kind of either realize it or part of it. And uh, he was created in 73 by Jim Starlin. Uh, he is a Titan-born Eternal, but he's a mute. And the neat thing was back in those days, they hadn't really established the Eternals. I want to say the Eternals first popped up in Thor. And you knew they were, like, really, really stout because they went to war with the Asgardians. Matter of fact, the Asgardians and the Olympians fought the Eternals. So the way they were looking at them, like when you see, not Thanos' earliest appearance in Iron Man because that was kind of off. He had a Thanos helicopter and shit like that. I don't know what the hell they were doing in that one. Was Iron Man or Spider-Man? No, I know his first appearance is in Iron Man. Okay. But, uh, because he's fighting, Iron Man's fighting the Blood Brothers. You know, and the Blood Brothers were basically part of Thanos' pirate army. But, uh, anyway, what I was saying was, once once he gets into the kind of cosmic stuff, Thanos was kind of a big deal because once they found out he was an Eternal, and he's he's a mutant eternal. So he was he was a little stouter, a lot weirder. And when he would pop up, his unlike now, once once they start showing him in the Avengers movies, they they really kind of like flooded. They have flooded the market with him. Really, I take that back. Since like the Infinity Gauntlet. But his appearances used to be kind of a big deal because the heroes were scared of him. Because at that time, they were not real. Sh- they thought that the Eternals were basically the cousins of the Olympian gods. So they looked at Thanos as a mutant demigod because he was that that level powerful. And I don't know who's succeeded in becoming God more often, him or dude. Probably I think they run, they run they run fairly neck and neck. Doom's been God a hell of a lot of times too. But Thanos has been Thanos has been God three times, I think. Because he became he became God when he got a, his hands on the cosmic cube. He became God with the Infinity Gauntlet, and then in Thanos the End, he took Godhood away from Akhenaten and became like his most powerful. The neat thing about Thanos was he always engineers his own defeat. The good guys are usually not the ones that beat him. The the closest I've come to to him not making some stupid decision that enabled the good guys to beat him was uh, Marvel 2 in one where he died the first time. Because that's the storyline. It's a, it's a two-parter with uh, Avengers Annual 9 where he come where he's had the Cosmic Cube become God and when Captain Marvel managed to shatter the Cosmic Cube and defeated him Death left him alone. 
where death had always kind of been his constant companion. So when death leaves him alone, that whole story is him trying to get to win its favor back. So he comes up with the bright ideas in typical Thanos form, universal genocide. And instead of going planet to planet with his army like he tended to do, what he decided to do was, at that time, the Infinity Stones were called Soul Gems. Because the only one that, that had a name was uh, Adam Warlocks. And that was, and Adam had the Soul Gem. So at the time, that's what Marvel referred to all six gems as, was the soul, as Soul Gems. Well, that's the first time he collected all of them. Uh, he collected... He collected them, but he drained the power off of Warlocks because the actual soul gem in the Warlock comic was vampiric. So there was always a chance that if you screwed with that one, it would literally suck it would suck your soul out and kill you. So he pretended to be an ally to Warlock against the Magus. Really just to get close enough to him to where his machinery could siphon off power of the soul gem. And he had this this giant synthetic infinity gem where he added that power and then had the others inside there. And his plan was he was going to wipe out all the stars in the universe and that would cause, you know, universal death and that would make death love him again. And that was his whole plan. Uh, when you read those early Thanos books, he was he was unique in villainy in that he would he was trying to kill the universe, but he didn't plan on surviving himself. Because for him, he looked at his death as a reward. It was real strange. Like when you read that 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 uh, two issue story, yeah, is when he kills Warlock, he's like, yeah, go greet my mistress, kill her. I'm, I'm not too far behind you. Because that was his thing. He was going to wipe out literally all life in the universe, including himself. And uh, he's he stopped that time by uh, Iron Man. Well, Captain Marvel destroyed the machine that the, that the synthetic soul gem was on, and then Iron Man destroyed the actual gem. And that was the first time you had him go toe-to-toe with Thor. And he basically promises him at the end of that Avengers run, yeah, you're going to pay for what you've done. Well, since he had killed Warlock, he took the soul gem from him and had decided, well, this isn't enough power to wipe out all the stars in the universe, but it's enough to wipe out Earth's sun and maybe, you know, planet-wide death will be enough to make death love me again. So that two-in-one is basically Spider-Man has a dream that he's going to do that because you end up finding out Spider-Man's being manipulated by, uh, was it uh, Lord Chaos and Master Order? He gets the thing. They go up to Sanctuary 2. Thing is kind of iffy on the whole thing until, one, he sees sanctuary and then when he gets in there he hears Thanos' voice and is like oh crap that's Thanos so he he mops the floor with the thing Spider-Man spends most of that issue running from him because he freaks out 
that that power level Tim just bleeped the hell out. He basically, you know, finds his nerve and goes, "Well, I can't fight him, but I can get somebody that can." Because he had Thanos had beaten the Avengers and had them basically as trophies. So that may have been you. You might can make the argument that that was his typical engineering his own defeat. Instead of killing them, he kept them. And Spider-Man manages to free them, and you see that Thanos is powerful enough to fight Thor and the Thing, and and be kicking both of them behind. That's the thing I always like to talk about when people talk about Thanos, and they go, "Well, the Infinity Gauntlet." No, Thanos is rough as hell <clears throat> without touching a gem. Well, he was a mutant eternal. And early on, they let you know he has done things to himself and his yeah. powers. If he's got bionics, yeah. he's, you know, mucked with yeah. himself. Yeah. Uh, but that storyline, basically, he's he's winning again. And when you talked about Sigma, Thanos is kind of like that. His army, if he's occupied, his army's kind of rowdy and leaderless and easier to beat than if he's concentrating. If Thanos is concentrating and, like, guiding them, they become a well-oiled machine, and they wipe out, like, planets of folks. Well, originally, uh, it was just a huge band of pirates he had. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, 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 that's all. But does a, doesn't, does a large enough band of pirates, that, that consider that an army, it would eventually become an army. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, You wouldn't think of pirates as being masters of discipline, necessarily. As opposed to later on when you get like the, uh, uh, crap. The guys they use in the movies. You talking about the Chitauri? No, 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 no. The. The Badoon? Not a race. The squad. The Black Order. The Black Order. The Black Order? Yeah, Yeah. the Cold Obsidian. Yeah, Cold Obsidian was the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. But yeah, the Cold Obsidian didn't come about until. uh, Oh, yeah, that's been a fairly recent one. Yeah. Uh, this was Thanos in in the old days. Is yeah, he he just had a well, he had an army. He had a he had a mob of space pirates, but it was so many of them that yeah, it was an army. That wasn't that wasn't like he was flying around in a pirate ship. He had a fleet. But anyway, he ends up losing that that fight because Spider Man manages to release Warlock's spirit from the soul gem and seething with cosmic power. He grabs Thanos, and the next time you see Thanos, he's basically living stone. And the punishment with that was he didn't completely kill him. He le- Because the last shot of that book is the statue crying. Because he would never completely die, so he'd never be with death. He was just kind of trapped in stone, in and, living stone. And that was kind of the longest that Thanos was out of commission, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He was. He was. Truthfully, he was out of commission from from that Marvel two and one all the way to the Thanos quest, which is the thing that led into the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's he's been almost a constant something since. I think he's currently dead. I want to say Gamora chopped his head off in one of these crossovers a couple of years ago. But, you know, when you booed up with death, how long does that last? Yeah. 
Because that's she wanted to. Yeah. Until you make a mistake and get kicked out. Nope, you left the seat up. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, as if back to the mortal go. coil you go. <laughs> or you know, I need something kill. Who's who's the best kill I got? Oh, Thanos. Yeah, you like that stuff. You know, go kill a bunch of people. I act like I like you. I think the neatest, the the happiest ending Thanos has ever had was uh, Annihilation. Yeah. Because he's finally killed by Drax the Destroyer. But he actually get you actually see him for a little while as Death's consort. So it's happy Thanos, but he's happy because he's dead and he's booed up with his boot. You also see happy Thanos at the end of the the death of Captain Marvel. Yeah, that is. When Captain Marvel dies, Death and Thanos are there waiting on him. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty much happy Thanos and they go off into the afterlife. That yeah. is right. Well, we could go but on yeah. and on about Thanos because there's so much material, but but this one's already going long. And now we have the greatest Marvel villain to talk about. Lamest shit ever. Stilt Man. I was going to say Typeface. The Punisher's dad. I thought Typeface was a hero. I thought Typeface was a villain. I don't know. In Civil War, he was hanging out with the heroes. Because that's like the only time I've ever actually seen him in a book. I want to say when he first popped up in Spider-Man, I thought he was, I was pretty sure he was a villain. Or yeah, anti-hero or something. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about Death here. Urge. Servant of the cosmic being, Oblivion. Uh, sometimes you'll see him... And he'll be running around uh, on skis. He's, he's death on skis because... DC had a death on skis, so Marvel had to have a death on skis. <laughs> trying to adjust the picture where you can see the skis, but I've got too many other things in the way. <clears throat> but anyway. <clears throat> so, I became familiar with him. There was a Quasar storyline where the main villain was this fellow named Maelstrom who worked for Oblivion. He was using Death Urge as kind of his flunky. But uh, you do research, and he is tied to some oddball characters. Uh, if you're familiar with the Great Lakes Avengers, he has been like a, since childhood, been kind of an on-again, off-again companion with Mr. Immortal. Because <clears throat> uh, he recognizes Immortal for what he is. You know, he's supposed to be one of the last living creatures in the universe. Uh where Immortal thinks he's just a mutant, which would be Homo sapien uh, superior, uh, Death Urge eventually fills him in that he's actually Homo sapien supreme, which is something Marvel had introduced in What Ifs some time back. <clears throat> but he's he's basically intangible, for the most part. Uh, he can pull weapons out of his shadowy form, and if he gets you with it, you basically like kind of blacken, shrivel up, and die. But only if you're his target. If he swings, if he if the weapon passes through somebody else that he's not trying to hit, it don't do nothing to him. And if he ain't after you, or you don't have some kind of weird awareness, you tend not to be able to see him. Uh, at least not if he doesn't want you to. Now, like Mister Immortal could see him, and what have you. Oh, and to cover his origin, uh, 
or his first appearance, I should say. Uh, he popped up in Marvel 2 and 1, uh, number 71, back in uh, 1981. So, you know, he's been around a little while. But he is most famous, in as much as he's famous in any way, for going after Squirrel Girl's uh, monkey, I mean monkey, her Squirrel Monkey Joe. Tippy like her. Uh, no, this one was, uh, let me double check. But no, Tippy Joe, I think, was the second one she, she had. Uh, You'll tell me Squirrel Girl had a squirrel that died, and I'm going to be sad, aren't I? I think he did die eventually, but it was not, uh, Death Urge was coming for him. And... Well, the page I'm looking at has actually skipped that whole section, despite the fact that it talks about him being a squirrel and doesn't explain why he's a squirrel. But no, Tippy is her current squirrel that she's still got. I want to say Monkey, Monkey Joe or whatever his name was, was the first one. Yeah, Monkey Joe was the first one. Tippy Toe. That's right, it's Tippy Toe, back. not Joe. Yeah, yes, Tippy Toe. So yeah, he has a run-in with Squirrel Girl where he's going after her squirrel and, you know, when that fails, I believe Oblivion basically, you know, curses him into the form of a squirrel. And to my knowledge, when he pops up, that's still what he looks like. You have a Great Lakes Avenger when he, when the scene where he's explaining to Mr. Immortal exactly what he is and why he's like that, because Immortal thinks it's thinks his power is something uh, Death Urge gave him, and he's like, no, no. And then he explains the whole uh, uh, Homo Sapien Supreme thing. But, uh, but yeah, that whole conversation, which is dark, because Immortal's trying to get him to take the power back, because he doesn't want to live forever, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But the entire time, he's talking to him in squirrel form. Which is not the most... Has a scheme. Uh, yeah, and the picture I've got up has got him as a squirrel, still with his gloves and his cape on his skis. It didn't alter his powers in any way. Yeah, it just altered his form. So, you know, when death comes for you, it may be a squirrel on skis, if you live in the Marvel Universe. Uh, now, Death Urge, mostly, if, he, if, if one of his superiors is not sending him after somebody for, you know, super villainish plans or whatever, it tends to be people that are already craving death in some way that he goes for. Because, uh, like I said, Mr. Immortal, he was kind of buddies with off and on through his life. But when he saw but uh, Mr. Immortal's girlfriend committed suicide, Death Urge came for her, and when, Mor when Immortal saw that, he started thinking of him more as a tormentor after that. Uh, so, you know, they'll do oddly dark things with him when generally he's kind of goofy. I don't know. It's such a weird, old-school comic book sort of character that I'd be lying if I really said he was my favorite villain, probably. But I find him greatly amusing. I was about to say, how much stuff has he actually been in? Uh, he's been in some Marvel 2-in-1s. Like I said, he's fought Quasar a few times. He's popped up in the Great Lakes Avengers stuff. I mean, you know, he's not Thanos or... Uh, did he, did he fight Quasar as a squirrel? No, this was before that. Okay. Now, when you're running through the story with Maelstrom and Oblivion, which which is all happening right around the time, just before Infinity, just before and kind of a, in, during Infinity Gauntlet, 
Oh, okay. Because Oblivion is a cosmic entity that's like Death's brother. Maelstrom's trying to gather power, and, you know, he's actually mocking Thanos at one point. Oh, that's going to end well. Uh, if that's Thanos with the gauntlet, he's insane. Yeah, it's got something to do with how, how Oblivion works. You know, how, how his patron work. I forget exactly. Now, you know, he wouldn't fight in Thanos. You only see that in a later storyline where Quasar is, is hopping. He's hopping dimensions, gathering up the living laser for uh, the Watcher. The living, the living laser had gotten to the Watcher's house and hit some kind of portal and it split him up. Quasar was cleaning up. You get to one world there where you've got, you know, Maelstrom at the full power he was trying to gather and Thanos at the full power, at his full power, going at it and they're the only two things left in the universe. Because Maelstrom sees Quasar and like, oh, I thought I'd killed that speck a long time ago and smacks him and that's how he wound up in the new universe. But we're getting away from Death Urge. <laughs> oh my God. I thought I got rid of you a long time ago, thump. Yep, basically. So anyway, maybe not my favorite villain, but he's, I don't know. He just amuses me. He has a special place in my heart. And like I said, at first glance, he's just a knockoff of Black Racer from DC. Thanos is really just a knockoff of Darkseid. Though the creator claims up and down that it was, uh, uh... Metatron. Yeah, Metatron, that he was, that he was... Knocking off. Which, to be fair, I think, you know, Thanos isn't it. did used to sit in his chair a whole lot, so. Yep. So, anyway, that wraps up some of our favorite uh, villains. Uh, leave a comment in the, uh, or leave your list in our comments, I guess I should say. Uh, if you like the video, like, subscribe, do sure. all the things. And, you know, if you make a suggestion, maybe we'll take it. Especially right when now when you know getting news is so hard to come by. Yeah. No, no, we're not doing it because we don't, you know, because we couldn't talk about other stuff. We do it because we care. My God, man, learn to fake you sincere. If I could do that, I'd go into politics. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that wraps us up. We will see y'all next week, I suppose. Oh no, no shout outs on the way out. We just who we who assume. We? You just gonna assume they know who the hell we are. Okay, that works. Fine, fine. Again, I've been your host, the experience, so I'm called Jason. And with me has been CDL one one three. The token will get this right next time, Tarky. Yeah, we probably no, won't. we won't. Todd, Did Danny died. No, I, I said no, we won't. I've already said mine. Roy, he's. Everybody can hear you but you, Todd. Just do your do your exit. Okay. And I'm the Todd Fob. Catch you later. Peace.